0: Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. you're here today happy easter happy resurrection sunday everybody won't you turn around and greet a few people around you would you do that welcome somebody with you to the house of god smile at somebody say happy easter Standing, Paul, would you come? Run up here with me. Many of you over the years have heard me talk about my friend Paul that I met in West Virginia University of Technology. I was 18 years old when we met. He had just arrived from India to get a master's in electrical engineering. I didn't know the day that we met we would be lifelong friends. And we are so glad to have my friend Paul, who now lives in Northern California, to be spending the weekend with us. Would you give him a hand and a big Zanesville welcome? Sure love you, Paul. It impacted my life so much back in 1996. That's a few years ago. You know you're getting older when you're talking in decades, you know? But some of you are older than I am, so watch it. Amen. The book of Song of Solomon, chapter 2, I, I get nervous to read the book of Solomon because you might come across verses that are a little bit embarrassing. And uh, so I'll, I will spare you the entire text today, but I uh uh, you know, you, you just don't read verses like, let me kiss you with the kisses of his mouth. That just doesn't sound appropriate in a church service. You don't. You don't read verses like your, your face is like a horse. Uh, I will warn you before we get into this that you probably should not take your adjectives of describing your spouse the way the book of Solomon describes his, his or her spouse. Like you have a nose like a tower. Probably not going to go over too well. Date is over right there. You have legs like the cedars of Lebanon. You have hair like a goat. Uh, I'm just letting you, warning you, don't, don't, don't take your dating advice from this book. But I will read a few verses today, if that's all right. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, "You look nice today." There you go. I look back. Hey, hey, Steve, wave your hand back there. Steve Green, wave your hand back there. I remember on Easter when you had a heart attack, and it was a very serious situation, but God spared his life, and I'm so thankful. I was reminded, I'm so grateful, buddy. I mean, oh, God's good to us. Praise God. And uh, we can go around the room today with, wasn't that song great about, I believe in miracles, never thought that I would be one? Oh, but I am one. how am here a miracle today. He's been good to me. Praise God. All right, Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 1. I am the rose of Sharon. It appears to me that the narrative is taken from the bride. I am the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valleys. As the lily among thorns, so is my love among the daughters. As the apple tree among the trees of the woods, so is my beloved among the sons probably haven't said it, but would you say my beloved I sat down under his shadow with great delight his fruit was sweet to my taste he brought me to the banqueting house and his banner over me was love look at verse 5 stay me with flagons comfort me with with apples for I am sick sick of love It's the narrative of a bride saying, I'm now in the banqueting house, but it hasn't always been like this. There was a day I was in the vineyard. Look where I am now. And uh, I'd like to preach from this portion of Scripture, and actually this book, on simply, He came looking for me. He came looking for me. Would you take a moment? The Bible says lift your heart with your hands. Would you open your heart and lift your hands and say, to the Lord? I need you today. Asking you, Lord, to speak to me. I, I pray that God you would move on this church service and touch all of these amazing people that have gathered. You're a God of love and peace and mercy. We're thankful for name. Let's clap our hands again and make a joyful noise to the Lord. You may be seated. The, the narrative of the story is read through chapter 1. You, you, you probably won't get this concept of just reading the book of Solomon because it's, it's a little squirrely in its writing. It doesn't Start at A, and doesn't start on a timeline and end. It's a little back and forth about uh, the relationship. And if you would study the Song of Solomon, what you would see, it's a parallel. It's a type and shadow of Christ and His church. That would be Christ and us. Our relationship with Jesus Christ. So when you begin to read it, you you have to read it knowing this is expressing our, our, our relationship with God. How He sees us and how we should see Him. And in the writing, she says, So is my beloved among the sons. It's not a beloved or a beloved, but my beloved. She takes ownership of her relationship with Him. It didn't start out in the banqueting house as... As she says, she, she says, I, I, he brought me to the banqueting house and the banner over me is love. She, she, she follows that by saying that, stay me with flagons and, and comfort me with, with apples. It's almost as if she's reflecting from where she is now, looking back to where it all began. And so she, she starts out, and you see the writing and the Song of Song. It's a poetry, it's a song, it's a story. And, and it goes about talking about how there was a young lady, Jillian, if you will come, my daughter Jillian, I want her to come and, and help me today. And uh, uh, she, she's working in a vineyard. Most of my life, when I heard the term vineyard, I, I actually thought vineyard meant grapes, vine, grape vines, and grapes. But when you're talking about a vineyard that can also be an orchard of apples, an orchard of pears, peaches, um, plums, whatever it is. It's a, it's a place where fruit grows. It can also be grapes as well. But in here she she talks about being in the vineyard. matter of fact, in, in, I, in, in the um, song of Solomon verse 8 says, she was raised under the apple tree. she was raised in the vineyard. if you can picture this, there is a Peasant girl, and she's out uh, doing her job, working in the vineyard. She's plucking apples. Go ahead, pluck apples from the tree. And uh, but in chapter one, if you will read it in detail, you'll find that she's working hard. She's laboring. She's you gotta do a little better than that, Jillian. She's laboring in the vineyard and pulling apples off and. And uh, different fruit, and and you know when you work in the vineyard, you got to realize it, it's messy. It's you've got sap on your hands. You've got your hands are green. You're a little bit dirty. Sorry, will you help me? Uh, she doesn't look as clean in the vineyard. Uh, I, I couldn't do it because I'm playing the role of Solomon today. But we need a devil to get you a little dirty in the vineyard. And so here's your brother. And so he, she talks about the sun beating down on her in chapter one and. And uh, don't get on her clothes because mom's in the building. On her face and on her hands. Um, Go ahead. (laughs) Not too much. All right, there's your rag. And and, uh, let me see here. Amen. That's for messing with my little girl. (laughs) Amen. She... Is in the vineyard. She's working. She's she's a hard worker. It, it's, it's it's a story as if she has been a, a peasant girl working hard, and out of nowhere, there there one day steps a man into her life that shows up in her vineyard. He he is dressed. You can tell by the way he's dressed that he he's a shepherd. He. He comes in and he's got the attire of a shepherd and he shows up in her life and starts a conversation with her. He's interested in her. I, I pictured this, that he plucks uh, an apple from her tree and uh, shines it up and, and maybe, where's the rag? Maybe takes, uh, hand me the handkerchief out of here. Probably in care for her, begins to clean up where she's at. and She is getting attention from a stranger that's dressed as a shepherd. She doesn't know who he is, but he's interested in her. And they, 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 they build a relationship, and in chapter 1 you'll find that she says to him, after a period of time and relationship building between the shepherd and the vineyard worker, the shepherd and the vineyard, that, that she says to him, All this time that I've known you, I've, I've never seen you like your companions, other shepherd, where's your sheep? I've never seen you with sheep. And uh, because. She, that's what shepherds do, they've got sheep, but this shepherd's talking to her in her relationship building. She's noticed that he doesn't have sheep because what she doesn't know is really who he is. He's there on her level. He's there talking with her, but she doesn't know really where he is and where he comes from except that she knows she loves him and he loves her. And he says to her, I'm going to go away for a period of time. But I'm going to come back and I'm going to take you to be my bride. And she's so excited about it. She has said yes. He got down maybe on one knee with a shepherd's garment and said, will you marry me? And absolutely. She goes and tells her peers. She tells her friends. She says to them, my beloved is coming for me. You can read it in, in one of the chapters and it's almost as if mockery. Who is this beloved you keep talking about? You keep talking about this great person. We, we don't know who he is. Oh no, he told me that he's going to come and get me. And one of these days he's coming to get me. He, he's, he's my beloved. He's, he's my beloved. And, and she, she would talk about some of the great things about him. And it was almost in mockery. But she kept going to the vineyard and working a job and doing what she would do every day. Waiting on the beloved. One day he returns. And when he does, there's this verse in chapter 3, verse 6. And it reads like this. Look what it says. It says, Who is this that cometh to Out of the wilderness, like pillars of smoke, perfumed with myrrh and frankincense, with all powders of the merchant. It's it's, it's painting a picture. It's poetry. They were saying it the way, uh, describing this, this journey out of the wilderness. If you can picture it, let me just put it in country boy terms. Is that all right? When I was about four or five years old, my brother and I were riding a motorcycle in a little town called Tazewell, Virginia. We lived in the state of Virginia, not West Virginia, but state of Virginia for one year. And uh, I'll never forget, when I was four or five years old, I looked and a cop pulled up, a county sheriff pulled up, and for some reason I thought we were in trouble. I got off of that little motorcycle and I ran as fast as I could. I ran as fast as a five-year-old with those short legs getting down that road. I'll never forget my brother, who's three and a half years older than me, came in the house, and he is laughing hysterically. And he says, Mom, when the cop pulled up, he said, Aaron took off running as fast as he could, and the only thing I could see was a dust cloud behind him. That's what it's saying here, is going down the dirt road, and all of a sudden there is, there is something coming out of the wilderness, and it's a dust cloud. He compares it here to a pillar of smoke. There's a dust cloud, huh? How many of ever been ATV riding on a gravel road or dirt road? I mean, any, any four-wheeling people in the building? I'm going to tell you what you don't want to do on the dirt road is get behind the guy on a four-wheeler. Am I right or wrong? I mean, when I go I have to take goggles, because you're, you, you're going to be wiping dirt out of your eyes. That's what was described in the poem, in the song. Who is this that cometh out of the wilderness like pillars of smoke? And it defines who it is. It says in verse nine, it is King Solomon made himself a chariot of the wood of Lebanon. This person that she has called her beloved, that she's been saying one of these days he's coming back for me. All of a sudden, when he shows up, he's not alone. But the Bible says he has valiant men with him, an army with him. Could I tell this wonderful congregation The one that came from the throne has come down to our level. We knew him as Jesus Christ. The scripture calls him the good shepherd. But I come to tell you, he said, I go away for a period of time in John 14. He said it like this. If you believe in God, believe also in me. For in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I'd have told you so. He said, but I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there ye may be also. Can I tell you today that Jesus was not just the good shepherd. He is the king of all the glory. He came to you as a shepherd. He will return to you as the king. Somebody say amen. Amen. Truth of the matter is, the peasant girl, the girl working in the vineyard, the girl raised under the apple tree, the girl raised outside of the palace, had been visited by, loved by, and promised to from the greatest king in the world. He was disguised as a shepherd, but he was not the shepherd. He was disguised as this, this person of ordinary attire but who she had fallen in love with was the king of kings. When you study Solomon, you'll find, and I know there's a lot of talk, I was standing out last night, as a matter of fact, and I said, oh, there goes a satellite. And I thought to myself, that probably belonged to Elon Musk. I was standing, twice I've seen it, where a satellite, you ever seen a satellite have babies? I didn't know satellites had babies. I was standing, I was at, Meshach and Jenna's wedding. I was standing out and I, was, I, I like to look at the stars. Anybody like to look at the stars? Some of you look at your shoes too much. You need to look up. Amen. Everybody look up for a minute. Yeah. If you looked up here, you won't be able to see you because those lights are so bright. But looked up and I saw, and I, I told Hugo, who's here in the night, I said, look at that, look at that. And all of a sudden, boom. All of a sudden, here came a bunch of satellites behind it. How many have seen that? Yeah. It was Elon Musk releasing... Those satellites. And uh, uh, the, the, the satellites began to, to come out of that. And I, I saw all, where, where was I in this message? I'm lost right now in the skies. What's that? The king and Elon Musk is supposedly the wealthiest guy in the world, 300 and some billion. Do you know that Solomon was worth 840 billion in comparison? What's the, the point? There was a lady that drove a thousand miles with a plane to train her automobile just to see the temple he built and hear the wisdom in which he spoke. No paved roads, no modern travel would have taken absolutely many, many months to get there. And when she got there, she looked at it and she said, the half was not told. She said when she saw it that she said there was no spirit left in her. What did it mean? It had taken her breath away. Everybody's so happy. I've never seen anything like this. Every king in the world was trying to join allegiance with Solomon because they wanted their kingdom to be like his kingdom. Wow, it's amazing. Would have had the first zoo if you would have sat at Solomon's table. It would have been the melting pot of of food from around the world. I I told Paul there would probably be Indian curry there, which I like very much. Chicken curry is one of my favorite meals. I like Thai food. There would have been that from, imagine there would have been french fries. Can I get a witness somebody likes the cheeseburgers and french fries in the building? There would probably have been a Belgium, you know, I'm, I'm elaborating it, I'm stretching this out a little bit right now, but a Belgium waffle and chocolate. You would have went to Solomon's, it would have been a world wonder when you would have went there. He was absolutely amazing in his leadership. And it is a typology Of a type of Christ who is the fairest and nobody compares to him. I think it's powerful. And the story is this, that he takes off his kingly garment and he puts on a shepherd's coat, disguises himself to her humble vineyard. And he starts the conversation of relationship. And she falls in love with somebody that's interested in her, that's on her level, but she really doesn't know how great he is. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know today that when you were in this service and they were singing and they were shouting, dancing, jumping up and waving their hands, you know why? Because somewhere in their life they started realizing he wasn't just my shepherd. He's the king. I said, he's the king. And he's greater than anything that you're going through. Come on. And that's why in the New Testament, you've got verses like this. He shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. Can I preach to you for a little while that when you call on the name of Jesus, you're calling on the King of all of creation, the King of glory. He is the one sitting on the throne, high and lifted up. I come to tell there's nobody like him today. Somebody shout hallelujah. When you're in a kingdom, you may be seated. A kingdom is a little bit different. A monarchy is different than a democracy. Democracy. So I take my kids. We we go to the national parks. And uh, we went to the national park. And uh, I've been to the Rocky Mountains and Zion National Park and Joshua Tree. And we went to the Grand Canyon. You know, I told my kids when I got there, are y'all ready for this? I stood out and I said, I got to tell y'all a secret. They looked up at me. What is it, Dad? I said, did you know that all of this property you see belongs to me? Did I tell you that? I said, You didn't know it, but all of those mountains, that Grand Canyon, folks, did you not know your pastor owns every national park in the country? I am somebody. You know why? Because we the people. See, people don't think that way anymore. Everybody thinks the government owns everything. Not trying to get political, I'm just saying, We the people, United States of America. We are taxpayers. That is our property. Well, pastor, you got to pay a fee to get in there. Yeah, I, I pay the fee so they'll take care of it while I'm at home. But when I take a vacation to go see what belongs to me, those Rocky Mountains belong. Come on, anybody know what I was talking about? Anybody glad to be a part of the United States of America? We the people. Come on, we the people. That's our state park. That's our national park. That's right. Somebody shout, we the people. But not here. A a monarchy is not a democracy like we have. When you are in a monarchy or a kingdom, everything belongs to the king. The house you live in, the gardens you pluck from, the vineyards that you're at. And what she didn't realize, she was plucking fruit from the king's vineyard. She didn't know. She was working for the king. She didn't know that the king was standing right next to her. Can I give you, it's just a neat parallel here. I know I'm standing between you and ham. Potato salad, whatever you want to eat today. But listen to me for a minute. So there's this story. When you start understanding scripture, you've got this story about a man by the name of John the Baptist. What did he do? He went to prepare the way of the Lord. He's going to make his path straight valleys filled and mountains low so if you picture that that is cutting a road into the wilderness that's what john the baptist was doing john the baptist's ministry was preparing the way of the lord so what's he doing he's going ahead of him and he's cutting down through repentance it's given a parallel he's not literally making the mountains low making a valley but he's talking about in a sense of a topology of the kingdom are you ready He's cutting down the wilderness, building a road to a place where the king is going to come. And when the king comes in the wilderness to the vineyard, I've been to Guatemala several times. I've been in places where it wasn't much traffic, just a path through the woods. You go through the woods and you'll find people that live out there on their own with no major roads that they walk to get there. Am I telling the truth, Brother Milik? It's in the jungle. It would have been that way. If y'all didn't know this, two, 3,000 years ago, they didn't have highways like we do now. So they would have to make roads, cut them out of the wilderness, and it would make a road into the wilderness to a people that belonged in the kingdom. Can I say to you, it was a path of repentance. It was a path of, of, of seeking the Lord, and he would say, seek God and repent of your sins. You know what that's happened if God sends you a preacher? I'm going to tell you what he's doing. The king... Is making a path to you. Whether well, you realize it or not, the earth is the Lord's in the fullness thereof. You might be an American, a patriot, and a patriotic citizen, but the truth of the matter is the whole planet belongs to God. Come on. Well, that's my house. I work for it. It belongs to Him. But guess what He does? He sends somebody into your life to bring a path to you, not only so He can get to you, but so you can get to Him. And that's why the Bible says, come boldly to the throne of grace, that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Oh, I feel like preaching for a little while, because the good shepherd, he didn't wait on you to get to him. He came to where you were. It was in your mess. It was in your situation. He didn't wait for you to get it all right. Oh, no, no, no. He came to your life. He came to your house. He came to your family situation. He came to your hospital room. Is there anybody here that can say, I'm a miracle because he came to me? Clap your hands and praise him. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Can I preach a few more minutes? Not only was he the shepherd, he was the lamb. The Bible says, take a lamb, it became the lamb, and then it becomes your lamb. How many know when Jesus died on the cross, he was not a lamb or the lamb. Somebody shouted, he's my lamb. For some people, he's your shepherd. He's their shepherd. For some, he's a shepherd. I come to preach to you today. To me, he's not just a shepherd or the shepherd. He's my shepherd. I was in senior history class. My teacher would call me out every now and then because she knew I was a preacher. And she'd go around the room and ask him, She started asking young people in the room, what was your faith? One of them say, I didn't believe in God. I don't understand that, but that happens. There's another one said, I believe, I just don't know who it is. This is not by accident, that's what they said. Agnostic. And uh, some people believe Jesus is a God. We believe he's the God. How many know that? Because the Bible says unto us a child is born. Isaiah 9, 6. Can I slow down a minute? I'm trying to rush through this so I can eat. I think it's what's going on. Are y'all with me? Watch this. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. Isaiah prophesying about Jesus. And the government shall be on his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. But I've come to tell you, He's not just a God and He's not just the God. He came to me and He is my God. Come on, the Lord is my shepherd. Come on, some of you only know I'm at a church service, but I come to tell you He wants to come to your house. He wants to come to your vineyard. He wants to come to where you are. Somebody shout, He's my shepherd. Woo, Somebody shout, the Lord is my shepherd. Look at your neighbor and say, he's mine. Get in an argument with your neighbor and say, no, he's mine. I wish you'd take ownership of it. Because he's my shepherd. I'm going to tell you what I feel. For some of you, he's a healer. For some of you, he's the healer. But when he heals you of cancer, you'll say, he's my healer. Come on. My wife said I'd heard of the miracles. But I didn't know I was going to be one. But she can tell you that God became her healer. His hand touched her situation. Somebody shout glory. glory. And if you only realize the nature of God. He's not overlooking you. You're not just a number. The Bible says even every hair on your head is numbered. He knows everything about you. He came to you. He built a relationship with you. And he wants Let me know He wants to be personable with your life. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, He came looking for me. He came looking for me. In the book of Matthew chapter 18, and I'll, I'll move on, it'll be a few more moments. In the book of Matthew chapter 18, the Bible says that there was a man by the name of Zacchaeus. Everybody say Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus climbed up a sycamore tree. He was a shortened stature. What was he getting up on that tree? What was he doing? He couldn't see. He had heard about him. But he had not seen him. And Jesus diverted toward him. And when he gets under him, he says, Come down, for this day salvation has come to your house. He left the crowd and went into Zacchaeus' home shut the door from the crowd. You know why? Because he wanted to build a relationship with a guy that was called a thief. The crowd is murmuring, who does Jesus think he is to go in there and spend time with the tax collector, the thief, Zacchaeus. And when he comes out, are y'all ready? He steps out after Zacchaeus repents and he says, this day, salvation come to his house. Then he goes on and he says, for the son of man has come to seek and to save That which was lost. You know what he was saying? The reason I'm here is because the nature of who I am is to seek those that are lost. Don't you think you went too far for the Lord to not come looking for you? Don't you think you've done too much for Jesus not to come walk into your house? He said, "Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Behold, I stand at the door and knock." You know what that means? He leaves where he is to come to where you are and he knocks on your door and says if you'll open the door I'll come in, I'll sup with you and you with me. Somebody's got to get rid of the mindset, well I'm not good enough. Oh, pastor, he wouldn't come to my house. I'm not fancy enough. I've got, I've got dirt on me. I've got dirty hands. I, I've been working in the vineyard. I grew up under an apple tree. I, I, there's nothing fancy about me. Can I tell you, he looks beyond all the mess. He looks beyond all the mud. He looks beyond all the scars and the bruises and what you would say is ugly about you. And he says, I see something beautiful. He calls you his beloved. He said, I want you to be my bride. I want you to go where I'm going. I've got something better for you than a vineyard. I've got a banqueting house. Somebody shout, I've got a banqueting house. Oh, yeah. He said, I've got some. Are you ready? Somebody shout, I'm ready. He left the 99. To go after one sheep that went astray. Because it's the nature of the shepherd. It's the nature of Jesus. To leave the crowd. To go to the one. He's knocking on your door today. Pastor, you don't know what I've done. Doesn't matter. He came into your wilderness. And your labor's living. And somehow he reaches up in your world. And becomes a part of it where you are. You didn't go to him. I said you didn't go to him. He came to you. And he, my brothers and sisters and friends and family that is here today. I come to you, tell you, the nature of him is to come to you looking for you. He's looking for you. His eyes are looking beyond all the trees and the forest you're living behind. He shows up in your vineyard because he sees beauty. He sees the future. Woo. He sees something greater than where you are. So in the, in the text, as I come to a close, in chapter 2, she says, he's, the, he's, he's, he, he, he's this among thorns. And He's this to me, but she makes this statement. She said, Stay me with flagons and comfort me with apples because now she's living in the banqueting house. Bring bring an apple. Julian, I'm sorry, I got dirt on you. It's all your fault. Now she's. That's your problem. You think God's judging you. This is what the father does. This is what the king was doing. You got some stains on those fingers, but he loves you anyhow. Come on, you got some things in your life, but he, That's why we clap our hands and we cry in church because he didn't leave me in the wilderness oh no he didn't he took me to the clean banquet house and he said this is where you belong i've got something better for you i I got something better for you come on i prepared a place for you let's all jump to our feet and clap our hands and thank god that he's prepared something better he's prepared something wonderful And when you look over your life as they come to the music, you look over your life, sometimes you look around and think, it hasn't always been this good. Cancer-free, happy family, no more addictions, guilt and shame, gone. Hasn't always been that good, Sister Tina. Sister Ross hasn't always been this good. She says, every now and then, every now and then, I like to look back to that moment where he found me. Comfort me. Feed me another apple, Solomon. When I just saw he a shepherd paying attention to me and loving me. Whew. Every now and then I like to go back not to reflect what I did but to reflect where he brought me from. Yeah. This whole concept, I'm not good enough, Is of the devil. That's not of God. If he came to you, knocked on your door, said, I've got something I want to build, I'm going to tell you, go with him, because he's got something better than where you're at. If he's calling you, go with him. Don't run from the call. Come on, he's got something better. He's got something better. All of a sudden, who is this that comes from the wilderness? You know what it is? It's King Solomon. All we know about you is that you were a Shunammite. But what we know about him, he's not just a king, he's King Solomon. It mentions his name. Do you know that everything in your past will be covered by the name of the king? That's why we get buried in his name. Old things are passed away, behold all things have been made new somebody say he came looking for me I want you to turn to two or three people and I want you to tell them he came looking for me hallelujah would you say it with me God's not done with me how many has ever had some chaos and trauma in your life would you raise your hand Aren't you glad he came and walked right in the middle of it? You know, the king wears sandals. Do You hear me? He's got sandals on. I can take you to a place where he fell in the temple on his knees, began to write, put his hand in the mud. Because an adulterous woman had committed sin. and The religious people were going to stone her and say she's not worthy. When they threw her at the feet of Jesus, what they didn't know is they were throwing her at the feet of mercy. He is mercy. Come on, he is mercy. And he put his hands in the dirt and began to write something. I don't know what it was. But he wrote something. What I've learned about him is he began to say, He that is without sin, let him cast the first stone. Come on, if you haven't haven't sinned, go ahead and judge us. That's what he said. Go ahead and throw the stone and kill her because the law says she deserves to die. They realized they had stains that needed to cling to. They dropped the stones and left, and he said, Woman, where are thine accusers? Did you get on your knees just for a minute? She's hold your head like the stones getting ready to come. When she lifts her head, she doesn't see one condemning voice. All she sees is Jesus. I, I know it's simple, but he said, Woman, go and sin no more. What he was saying was, There's a future, even though you had a past. <laughs> He, he was the only perfect one that ever lived honestly no one could have done what he did it was God manifesting the flesh but do you realize that when they killed him he was taking your place they buried him in a tomb three days later the angels rolled the stone away he comes out we celebrated, he's risen somebody shout he's risen Somebody sent me a verse this morning early around daybreak and it says something like this in the Bible. It says, why do you seek the living among the dead? They were trying to find him. They're looking at the tomb and he's not there. And the angel said, why do you seek the living among the dead? You know where he was? He was looking for Simon Peter. He was looking for John. He was looking for James. He was looking for those disciples that had run from the cross. Are y'all with me right now? You know what he was doing when he came out? The first thing he did was to go look for people that went astray. Because it's in the nature of the God we serve to not give up on people, but to keep looking for them. He he's finding you, he's coming after you. Woo! Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. You know why? It's his nature. To want me to be better and not me to be lost. You don't have to be lost. I present to you today not only the good shepherd, I present to you today the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I'll close with this. Who is this that comes from the wilderness? Look at your neighbor and say, Who is this that comes from the wilderness? I see a cloud. Go back under the tree. You stand up here so they can see Get your hand over your eye? Hey girl, what are you doing? You know what I'm doing. I'm looking for my beloved. Next day, what are you doing? I'm looking for my beloved. This guy you keep talking about, they mock her. She said, but he says he's coming. And when he comes back, He's coming back in a cloud. And there's going to be angels with him. Come on, are y'all with me right now? What are you going to church on Easter Sunday for? I'm looking for my beloved. I'm looking for the king of glory. I'm looking for the one who's coming back in the clouds. That's going to take me out of this earth. And he's taking me to a home beyond the sky. Streets of gold. Gates of pearl. Walls of Jasper. I'm telling you right now, honey, I'm not going to miss it. Cindy, I'm not missing heaven. Brother Cody, I'm not missing. He came. He came in discreetly. Shepherd. He came in discreetly. But when he comes back, it's going to be trumpets, angels, clouds. Who is this coming? Who is this coming? Who is this coming from the wilderness? You know where the wilderness is? That's where we are. Everybody say there's a dust cloud. Chapter eight, it says it this way. Who is this? Verse five, that cometh up from the wilderness. We already talked. Everybody say King Solomon, leaning up on her beloved. It's no longer addressing the king now it's addressing the bride who's this that's coming out of the wilderness it's the bride she said I raised thee up under the apple tree there thy mother brought thee forth there she brought thee forth that bare thee where you were born the king is coming to take you out can I say to you not only is the king coming to get us we're going with him I said we are going with him who's this? It's the beloved. It's his bride. It's the fairest among women. Come on. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going home with him one of these days. He's taking me out of this earth. He's taking me to heaven. Clap your hands and shout hallelujah. Woo. Thank you, God. Won't it be wonderful there? There'll be no more burdens to bear. People will be singing. Joy bells will be ringing. Won't it be wonderful there? Somebody else wrote a song. that says, I'll fly away, oh glory. I'll fly away. When I die, hallelujah, by and by. Somebody shout, I'll fly away. Look at your neighbor and say, Jesus is coming. But before he comes, he comes to you. Tell somebody next to you and say, he came to where I was. So I could go to where he is. Today as I close, this is what I hear in the room. 1365 Chamberlain Street, but he's he's walked up and down the aisles while I've been preaching. Stepped right in your seat. Come in, Apple Jillian. He reached up in your world. So I've got something for you. Won't we have a conversation? You can talk to me and I'll talk to you. I want to get to know you. Who is that commoner among us? I'm going to tell you who it is. It's the king. You don't have to pray fancy. Just pray. Hey Jesus, it's me. I'll go where you want me to go. I've heard it three times probably while I'm preaching. Pastor, I'm not good enough. Won't you let him take care of that? Won't you let him clean you up? He'll wipe it away. He'll clean you up as if you never had any of a part of it stuck to you, in inside of you, outside of you, on you. I'm going to tell you, he knows how to clean you up. Nobody can clean you up like the blood of Jesus can clean you up. I'm telling you, old things are passed away. Behold, all things have been made new. God's wanting to make somebody new. Come on, all that drama, all that stuff in your life, he's wanting to fix, but you've got to let him do it. One more time, I want you to say he came to where I am. Would you bow your heads and let's pray. Lord, we love you. I have felt your presence in this room. And I know what you're doing right now. Somebody here, many people here, feel lost and ashamed living in a wilderness under an apple tree and I pray today that you'll come again and knock on their doors you already have they'll let you in today. they won't shy away, cower their head away but they'll lift their eyes and look into your eyes today oh God because this is about you I pray somebody would turn their life over to you come on you don't have to pray fancy Just pray. Just talk to him. Jesus, it's me, Aaron. Jesus, it's me, Jillian. I need you in my life. Come on, he's moving in your seat. He's touching somebody right now. Why don't you pray with somebody near you? Come on, let's do that in this building. Why don't you pray for somebody next to you? pray that person you would say would you pray with me if you had a serious situation they're standing right next to you right now god's gonna fix it he's gonna clean up the mess he came looking for me i realize you're here and you want to be here
1: and i realize god is
0: here and he wants to be here you can feel him that sweet touch of his spirit If you're here today and you have a mess in your life, you've got a situation, you're you're under that prickly vineyard, orchard, it's not an easy job. There's a lot of scratches that go with that job. Things in your life, a wilderness, if you will, could be sickness, family. There's a lot of mental maladies nowadays, mental health, emotional issues. Want saved from yourself, saved from sin. You're here today and you have something in your life. You need God to take care of. He's the king. There's none greater than him. He's standing in this room right now. you need him to fix something in your life, I want you to raise your hand. Would you do that? He's going to do it today. He's going to do it. They're going to sing that song. And... uh, I want you to come in this, to this altar. You can kneel, you can stand. You're not going to be embarrassed, but God's going to help you today. I, I pray that, that you'll, you'll let the King come to your situation to fix it. You're not going to fix it. That's why He comes to you. That's why He sent me to preach to you. He's built a road into your life because He's given you now access to Him. I want you to begin to make your way all over the building. I don't care how big of a situation it is. I've seen God heal stage four cancer. I've seen many situations touched by God. Today is a turning point. Come on, make your way all over the building. There's hands all over the building want you to come. Just press closer so those coming behind can come to the altar. One touch of the master's hand. Fix it. That's it. Make your way. God, God's pulling and touching hearts. We're going to take time for this. God's going to fix it. Let feel the Lord out there today. Aren't you glad God's touching us today? He's going to fix it. He really is. Amen. I want everybody to stop praying for a minute. Everybody say kings don't think like everybody else. I heard the story of a professional golfer that went over to a king on the other side of the Atlantic. He brought him there because the king wanted to learn how to golf. He gave him private lessons. Taught him how to golf. After a week or so of spending time with him and teaching him the swing and how to how to become a golfer. Story says that when he was done spending time with him, he told the professional golfer from the US, he said, "I'd like to reward you for coming here. What can I buy you as a reward for helping me?" He said, well, you know, I'm a golfer. I like golf clubs. A few weeks later, after the professional golfer got back to the U.S., he received in the mail a deed to a golf club, which was a golf course. He was thinking golf club. But kings don't think like peasants think. Right. Kings don't think like normal people think. He bought him a golf course. What I'm saying to you He's bigger than what you're asking for. He's going to do more than what you ask. How many believe that? How many believe Jesus can do it all? He can do it all. He's amazing. He's not only going to touch you. He's going to touch somebody else in your life. We're going to do something very simple today. Everybody in the building, I want you to say to the Lord, bow your head, and I want you to say to God, Lord, I'm sorry for the things in my life that are not right any unbelief that I've had or, or not listening to your voice when you knocked on my door or not being aware when you came to my vineyard the apple tree that I was under the situation I'm asking you to forgive me God not responding when I should have for the things I've done wrong and I'm sorry for going to other fields and looking in other areas to try to find what only you can give me come on everybody begin to pray I'm sorry for trying other alternatives to peace and comfort and trying to get my mind right and seeking you first. God, today, I'm asking you to forgive me for not listening to your voice. But today, God, I'm going to ask you and I want everybody in this room, if you would, to lift your hands like this toward heaven, acknowledging that he's not just the shepherd, but he's the king. I want you to ask Him to do something for you. Whatever that is, it might be sickness, might be emotional, mental, financial, family, spiritual. It could be you just need deliverance or healing. But I want you to begin to ask Him right now God, we ask you. Come on, the Lord's moving in your situation right now. He said, You have not because you ask not. God, today we're believing or a miracle there's healing in this room right now God I pray for every situation every family every broken family every broken mind every broken body every broken spirit you would bring healing into this room healing into their lives hallelujah we're going to sing this song I want everybody to begin to thank you for his goodness would you begin to do that Let's begin to thank you for everything he's doing. I'm telling you, there's healings in this room right now. There's miracles. God is doing it. Ministry team, would you help me? Praying the altar ministers. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening and we hope to see you soon.